This is Big Talk. Michael Glab here. Well, it is that year again. Municipal elections here in Bloomington. Uh, all the citywide offices, all the city council members up for election, re-election, incumbent or not. The mayor's race. And uh, we're going to start off by having one of the candidates for the Democratic nomination for mayor. We're going to have Susan Sandberg here. Susan, hi. Thanks for being on Big Talk. Thank you, Mike. It is my pleasure to be here with you today. Susan has this great voice because well, she's used her voice professionally in the past. She's been a singer uh, in many lives ago, I believe. Yes. But still, to this day, you sing with the uke tones. I do. I am very happy to be a part of my merry band, the uke tones. <laughs> and uh, we women of a certain age who all wear glasses still absolutely love to sing and play. Well, of course you know who Susan Sandberg is. She's a longtime at-large city council member. Way back in 2007, the Democratic Caucus uh, nominated her and named her to be a replacement uh, for city council member Chris Gall, who had been elected to another position. Then in 2008, she was elected in her own right and then continually was re-elected since then. Now, She's going to leave the city council, and she is going to run for mayor in the Democratic primary. Let me give you some good dates here. Now, the deadline for counties to send out absentee ballots is Saturday, March 18th. Monday, April 3rd, is the last day for you listeners to register to vote. Tuesday, April 4th, is the first day of early voting. I always vote early, Susan. Oh, I do, too. Tuesday, May 2nd, is primary election day. And then, after all those people beat each other up senseless, then one of them <laughs> gets to run in the general election, which is Tuesday, November 7th. So, Susan Sandberg, who is here, she's running against Kerry Thompson and Don Griffin for that Democratic nomination for mayor of Bloomington. They want to replace two-term mayor John Hamilton, who declined to run for a third term. Susan, why in God's name do you want to be the mayor? Well, first, let me say there will be no beating up. That is certainly not my style. Good idea. I, um, I want to be mayor because, first and foremost, I love Bloomington. I've loved Bloomington ever since I came here as an undergraduate. Indiana University, uh, I am a graduate. This is my city of choice. I love Bloomington, and I particularly am uh, attracted to public service. You know, there's the private sector, there's the nonprofit sector, but I love being a representative on the city council. This is my 17th year, 16 years, um, and this is my 17th serving on this council. And I am very confident that I have the experience, the historical knowledge, and the um, wherewithal to rise to the next challenge and run for mayor. Well, I've got to say this. There's, there are a number of problems this city faces, as any city in, in the world. But uh, we know what Bloomington's problems are. And as mayor, people are going to expect you to fix them. 
<laughs> That's right. And of course, the buck does stop at the top many times in at least addressing some of the challenges we have. Foremost in my platform, I've worked with a very good team. We're, we're developing our strategies, uh, as it were, on what we will like to tackle. Affordability is a huge problem, not only with our housing, cost of housing in the community, but the cost of everything. I had uh, issued a report back in 2019 called Working Hard, Falling Behind, in which we took a look at how difficult it is sometimes on the salaries that are paid here in this community to afford things here in Bloomington. So affordability, big part of my platform. What can the mayor do about that? Well, we have zoning codes that we have certainly spent many, many years changing. Uh, The UDO, I think most people are familiar with our Unified Development Ordinance that uh, sets the tone and sets the parameters on what can be built and where and how. I do believe some of that can be tweaked to maybe move us in a better direction with affordability. Um, But um, just, again, partnerships with other community partners is a big part of what I I will do as mayor. The city of Bloomington can't do it alone. We've got to have regional help. We've got to have state help. We've got to have federal help. We have to uh, work across many aisles, as it were, to work with the people who have solutions to some of these problems related to affordability, housing in particular. Would you be good enough to tell me who some of those community partners might be? What are we talking about when we say that? We're talking about the county, for one. I think our relationships with our county colleagues uh, have been probably strained, to say the least. And I feel confident in my ability. I know many of them who are uh, in county positions, our commissioners and members of the county council. We need to sit down with them and have a better understanding as to what we can do to tweak and change and, and, and make things easier for people who actually are in the business of providing affordable housing to come in and do that. State assistance, anytime we get any help, housing has got to have subsidy in order to be affordable. I can't expect the free market to to provide us with affordable housing. That's not in their DNA, as it were. We've seen a bit of a free market effect in this town, Mm -hmm. at least since I've arrived, which was 2009. It was a little bit different back then. It's a little bit different now. Mm-hmm. And that market has created these, uh, a lot of these gigantic yeah, structures. The five and four over ones that are yeah, going up. Yeah. And many people in the community are not particularly um, happy about that. And in my humble opinion, of course, I've been on the council for a while and I've been part of the zoning, you know, the changes to the UDO that um, put some emphasis on density. That uh-huh. was a big controversy during the whole UDO. And And density is, in some people's minds, a way to achieve affordability. In my opinion, I think we're going at it a little bit wrong. I don't think we have the formula quite right when it comes to some of the mechanisms that the city has in order to try to get some of these units in these big high-rise apartment complexes to be workforce affordable housing. The city is somewhat constrained by the fact that we can't do inclusionary zoning. It's, it's The state prohibits us from requiring anyone from the private sector who's building housing to do anything with re- with relationship to making their rents lower. We can induce we them, We can though. encourage them through yeah. incentives. I happen to think our incentives are not quite right. Uh-huh. We need to tweak them. Right now, we've got some checkoff boxes. Like if you want to add an additional floor so that you can make a little more money, 
money, you've got to check off the sustainability box. And now you also have to check off the affordability box. You have to allow some units in your development to be less expensive than your private rates. That's maybe the best tool that we thought we had at the time we were tweaking the UDO, but it's it's not hitting the mark for me. I think we need to be more aggressive about working with companies that actually do do affordable housing, that know how to leverage the federal tax dollars, that have the wherewithal, and and actually build apartments that are built to be affordable. Now, they they require subsidy, in my humble opinion. You've got to have additional funding because the cost of housing is expensive. You know, supply chain issues, everything's going up, up, up. It's hard to build anything this day and age that you could charge a, you know, less than market rate for. So there are companies, uh, construction companies, that specialize in affordable housing. I am told that there are. And I think (laughs) as mayor, I would want to uh, develop some relationships with those individuals very quickly and see what, if anything, they would be able to bring to Bloomington in addition to what is happening now. Which, again, I think we're making noble attempts. We're trying to chip away at this affordable thing. But we're not quite there yet with our incentives. You know, uh, it's a funny thing. You came into the studio today, and our guest today is Democratic candidate for mayor of Bloomington, Susan Sandberg. The primary is coming up on May 2nd. Susan walked in here carrying two books. She's one of those book-reading people uh, there. And which makes me think, how do you learn about all these things in your position as a city council member, as a member of countless boards and commissions throughout your years here. Do you do study at night? Do you do homework? Is that how it works? I'm a reader. You know that I am. Um, Reading is important, but I think even more important is the experience that I have, the 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 relationships that I built with people who are who I consider experts in some of these matters that obviously any mayor is going to have to be familiar with. So reading is one way, but there's nothing like you know talking with individuals and actually listening to them and. And absorbing some of the some of the information that you get from people who are out there, uh, talking to people maybe from other communities, uh, talking to people who are, you know, well versed in in any problem that the Bloomington City may need to tackle. Speaking of listening, I believe you have taken the lessons. Uh, we had these guests on our show, I believe, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. the Braver Angels people. You did that. You learned how to listen. Well, I certainly did. And I tell people, Braver Angels is one of the best training I've had. And I've had a lot of good training. Yeah. When I was in Child Protective Services, the state did a really good job of training those of us that started out as investigators and ongoing case managers. But Braver Angels is such a good training ground. I recommend it to anybody because we have polarization in this city. We have polarization in this country. Yeah. The name calling, and even here at the city, it breaks my heart. Part, the whole UDO struggle over density with the NIMBY versus the EMBY and calling people names because they had opinions. Even Braver, the R word. Oh. We won't go there. We will not go there. That was so hurtful because that's not what the city of Bloomington is all about. Not right. in my humble experience. Not since I've lived here. We are a community that cares. We're very compassionate. Our nonprofit ne- network is 
astonishingly good. We have a problem right now, and it's endemic all across the country, with if you disagree with me, I'm going to call you a name. I'm going to minimize your opinion. Right. I'm going to just completely obliterate anything you have to say. Braver Angels teaches you. Well, you know, you heard from these good people yeah. that do the training. I've taken the Red Blue Workshop, and it it forces you. It's a discipline to sit in a room with somebody who really maybe completely disagrees with you and your values, but you listen to learn. You listen to respect the fact that they have different lived experiences from you. They're going to come at things from a different point. And if you care to listen, you may just find some common ground. Now, even if you don't, you can part friends. You can agree to disagree and not end up calling each other names. You don't have to win the fight. No, you do not. As a matter of fact, listening, I think, is one of the most underrated communication skills. We we listen to respond instead of listen to really take it in and learn. I may learn something from you. We may still not agree. The whole point of Braver Angels is to not to try to force somebody to change their mind, but it's to be able to sit at the same table, and who knows? Good things may come out of that if we'll give each other a chance. Now, Susan Sandberg, you alluded to your experience, and you've got experience. You went to uh, Indiana University, got a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology, I had two rounds at Indiana University. Let me just be honest. When I was first an undergraduate, my focus was in theater and musical theater. I was in the IU Singing Hoosiers. I was a touring member. I did not graduate. A dropout. Well, yeah, I went four years, but I think because I majored in Singing Hoosiers and not not the things I should have majored in, um, I came back later Uh when I had come back to Indiana with my daughter in tow. I was a single mother coming back from Chicago. Yeah. I came back to Indiana University to finish my psychology degree, and that was in 1990. Well, after that, you did quite a few things. You worked for the state. You worked for the Indiana Department of Child Protective Services. As you've mentioned, you were a case manager there. Boy, what kind of experience that must have been. Best I've ever had. I worked in the courtroom of Judge, then Judge Tally Farrow. Ah. And then Judge Galvin was our attorney, our county attorney for uh, the Division of Family and Children. Working in that system, and it's heartbreaking too, working with oh. child abuse and neglect. That is not a, that is not a, a upbeat <laughs> thing There's got to be a lot of burnout in that field. A lot of burnout, but good experiences. And then, of course, in my later years, being a volunteer with New Leaf, New Life, seeing some of the kids I had on my caseload coming back into the jail. When you volunteered for New Leaf, New Life, you actually taught classes at county jail. I would go in just about every Saturday and teach a class in whatever, um, it was the first floor dorm, the Addicts and Recovery dorm that uh-huh. I was primarily going in to visit. And we would do poetry readings. We would read plays. Some of them were good at uh, music. And I would bring in my guitar and we would do music appreciation. They were enrichment classes. They were meant to build relationships with individuals inside the correctional facility. And then I also did recovery at the recovery engagement center, I uh, I partnered with someone. We did a support group for some of the guys coming out. It was part of a reentry program with New Leaf, New Life. 
After working for Child Protective Services, you went to work for Indiana University back in 2004. I did. What did you do? The uh, former, the actually the founding dean of SPIA at the time, Dr. Bonzer, hired me to be an assistant with the arts administration program oh. that he had brought over to SPIA. And uh, I did that for a number of years, loved working with those students in arts administration. And then I transferred over to the career development office and was a career consultant in student service there. Our guest again this week, Susan Sandberg, the longtime at-large city council member. She's a candidate for mayor in the Democratic primary. Let me give you those dates again. April 3rd is the last day to register to vote. April 4th, first day of early voting. Now, Tuesday, May 2nd is the actual primary election day. And then whoever wins that one gets to go head-to-head with whoever's left from whatever other parties. And this being Bloomington, it's a democratic town. Susan, do we suffer in Bloomington because there isn't a big, competitive Republican Party? Well, I think anytime you're in a democratic system, it's really good to have competing ideas. I really do. Now, the fact that all nine of us on the Bloomington City Council are Democrats, people can look at that and say there's not enough diversity of opinion. There's not enough, you know, differing uh, lived experiences up there for there to be a balanced discussion about things. What tends to happen, though, is you tend to split uh, even amongst the Democrats, we don't always agree about things. There is a real different alliance sometimes, even amongst Democrats, as to um, what we should do with our resources and what kind of policies we need to shape. And so I think there's maybe a natural splitting apart, even amongst the Democrats that represent the city. But it is true. I think in many college towns, it's true. Even in a red state like Indiana, the communities tend to be more Democratic. And that's just the way it is. Now look at the state. You could very easily say that it's kind of controlled right now by yeah. too much of the other side. Right. And uh, we, we, we feel those strains too in Bloomington too when we have a clash against the uh, Indiana General Assembly. Occasionally you have uh, had disagreements with some of your colleagues on the city council. Do you have to go out and say, hey, how can we work this out together? How do you do that? Certainly. I mean, that would be, again, that would be my Braver Angels training coming <laughs> into play. But my position has always been that I am one of nine. I'm not Nancy Pelosi. Even when I've been president of the council, I've never seen that as I'm the whip. It's my responsibility to go out and lobby people or try to convince people or try to bring people along because all nine of us have been have been elected to represent different parts of the city. There are right. six district reps. I'm an at-large rep which means I'm more the 30,000-foot view. You know, I, I right. represent the entire city. But I've never felt the need to try to go out and lobby any of my colleagues. They're going to come at things from their perspective, and I think it's good to have these debates in a public meeting. And uh, therefore, um, we will all come to our own conclusions based on the information that we all have, and things get put to a vote and majority wins. Wouldn't you think, Susan, that it would be better for what you think is the right direction we should take as a city, for you to say, hey, guys, come on along with me. Be a whip. 
You know, I'm not going to say it would be better. It's not the way I do things. Okay. Again, I come at things as an individual. I'm one of nine. And that's yeah. the difference with being on the legislative branch of the government and being mayor, which you are really in a more executive position and you have more opportunities to kind of set the tone and try to work with with other partners and stakeholders. That's another thing that I'm going to bring to my race is we have to partner better. We have to collaborate better, whether that's with Indiana University, whether that's with the Chamber of Commerce, whether that's with our friends across the county government aisle. We have to do a better job of working together, I think. Now, as a member of the council, though, I feel a little differently. I'm one of nine. I bring my perspective to the table. We have lively debates in our council meetings, and at the end of the day, it'll come to a vote, and majority wins. What are the things you're going to be doing between now and May 2nd, which is primary election day? What are you going to be doing to drum up the vote? I have been talking to people. I've been listening to people. The door-to-door has already started. We've are got... you knocking on doors? Yes, I am. I absolutely am. And I have a team of people that are helping me do that. So direct outreach to voters. Uh, websites now, there are a lot of electronic ways for people to go to a website and find out where does she stand, what kind of things is she posting there. Let's give that website right now, susan-sandberg.com. Sandberg is spelled S-A-N-D-B. E-R-G. E-R-G. Not like L- Carl Sandberg. But like our great hero from the Chicago Cubs, Ryan Sandberg, Sandberg yes, the indeed. second baseman. You know, when I was living in Chicago, and I lived in Chicago in the uh, in the 80s, people would ask me, hey, are you related to Ryan? Can I get tickets to Wrigley Field? And I would have to say, no, sorry, I get no family discount there. <laughs> Susan, I just, I still can't wrap my head around this. You retired from Indiana University in 2021, and now you want to do this. This is a job that's probably going to be a greater onus than anything you've ever done before. I'm up to it. It's the public service that drives why I do this. I love Bloomington. I have really appreciated being part of being on this council to make decisions about it and look back and say, well, that worked out pretty well or that didn't work out well. Maybe we need to make some changes here. It's challenging for me, and I love doing it, and I want to keep on doing it, and this time in a new position, you know, with, with, uh, with new challenges. But those new challenges for me... I think are going to be not as hard as they would be for somebody that had no experience working at the city at all. I'm going to be able to hit the ground running. And I mean that in all sincerity, having the relationships that I've had, having the experiences that I've had, knowing what prior mayors have done that I've appreciated and maybe not so much appreciated. Again, my tenure has been with the Cruzan administration first and now with the Hamilton administration. They both had their strengths. They both had their challenges. And then the Sandberg administration, should I get that opportunity to say that, (laughs) is going to have new challenges, you know, and I will be able to embrace them. I'll be able to deal with them head on. Susan, you have touched on this already, but I want to get it definitively said. What are the biggest problems facing this town, 
that you're going to address on day one. Now, the reason why I am a little bit reluctant to make commitments is there is because one of my biggest platforms is collaboration and partnership. Uh-huh. And so the mayor alone can't just come in and start making executive edicts without talking to the people that you need to execute these plans, talking, making sure your cabinet, your department heads, making sure that you have a, you know, a good team around you that's going to be able to execute some of the policy changes you may want to, you may want to introduce. Are so, you already working on that now, talking to people who possibly might work with you if you win the election? Let's put it this way. It's a little premature to be doing any of what people would call transition work, because obviously we've got to get through the May primary, right? right? <laughs> so you can't make any presumptions. Baby steps. You baby steps. But here's the thing about having 17 years of experience under my belt. I already have some pretty decent working relationships with a lot of people who are currently working and doing good work on behalf of the city. And so once again, that's not going to be as big of a, of, a, of a challenge for me if I get the opportunity to be Bloomington's next mayor. So collaborations and partnerships are going to be really big if I get the chance to be the next mayor. Obviously, affordability that I've already mentioned, yes. that is key on everybody's minds in, yep. this, in this challenging environment economically. Affordability to live in a home mm-hmm. and to go buy the groceries. Right. And things like childcare is out of reach for a lot of people. It's too expensive. And, and you know, it's causing people to decide, do I stay home and take care of the kids? Because it's really not worth it to have right. all my paycheck go to childcare. So things like this are on people's minds. And I am very mindful about the public and how people are struggling struggling in this economy. So affordability will be a big, big piece. Public safety, you have heard me speak about public safety, and that involves more things than just policing, although policing is a big deal. It is something on the national agenda because of the abuses and the the atrocities that have occurred in other communities regarding police brutality and these horrific deaths. Uh, but that's not something I want to see happen here in Bloomington. we got to work really hard to make sure that we're taking care of that, that our police officers are well-trained, they're disciplined, they know their jobs, and they know what they cannot be doing in order to advance public safety in this community for everyone. All right, and last but not least, essential basic city services. I've got this book right here, The Innovation Delusion, where you and I have talked about this. <laughs> you got to take care of your assets. You've got to maintain, repair, replace. And that means you've got to take care of the personnel that, that are doing that. And so for me, it's going to be a big piece of being mayor to make sure that the people who take care of our streets, our sidewalks, our water, our sanitation, our police, our fire, our emergency um, responders. Those individuals need great care and attention in order to take care of the public, the people who are paying us the taxes for the services they deserve. And I've heard you describe yourself in the past as a Roosevelt Democrat. I'm an FDR Democrat. (laughs) Meaning... You're entirely happy to be working with the unions. I am happy to be working with the unions. Again, my parents were, you know, Depression era. They grew up in the FDR era. Uh, My parents were really great mentors to me. And so I have adopted a lot of their thinking about the value of the labor force, the value of workers. And my dad was actually named after Eugene Debs. He and his family, uh, he grew up in Terre Haute, Indiana. And, um, you know, laboring class family. Uh, my, both my parents are teachers. 
soldiers. They went to World War II and served, and then on the GI Bill, met at ISU, a teacher's college. Oh, boy. And so that heritage that I have really respects the workforce and putting people to work and having livable wages and, and uh, good working conditions. That's important to me, and I will take care of the good personnel who work for the city of Bloomington. We're voting this year. We're voting for mayor. We're voting for city council. We're voting for all offices citywide this year. The last day to register to vote is April 3rd. First day of early voting is April 4th, primary election day. That's what Susan's aiming for. Uh, Our guest today, Susan Sandberg, primary election day is May 2nd. General election is November 7th. Our guest, as I say, has been longtime at-large city council member, Susan Sandberg. She's running against Carrie Thompson and Don Griffin in the Democratic primary for the nomination to be mayor. She's a crack ukulele player for the Uke Tones. Yes, I am. And she's a canary, too. She sings. Yes, indeed. Susan, thanks for being on Big Talk. Thank you for having me. This has been great fun. 